Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the first reading, the book of Revelation, with special emphasis on the following words. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. The hour of his judgment has come? That's the gospel? That's good news? It sounds more like the bad news of cancel culture, which says if we do something we don't like, we'll have nothing to do with you anymore. Here's the difference. The eternal gospel to proclaim is that the judgment of God that we deserve has already been taken by Jesus here in his death. It's all on him. The condemnation for everything you have thought, everything you've said, everything you've done, it's all on him. He received the death penalty for our sin in our place so that in him we would be declared righteous. Justice is served on him for us so that we might enjoy the mercy of God, the righteousness of God, the life with God that never ends. This is the eternal gospel proclaimed both by angels with wings and without them to those who dwell on earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Now, the angel of Revelation speaks the eternal gospel, we hear, with a loud voice. Why is that? It's like he's trumpeting it out there, right? So it, it stands out above everything else. So that all the other voices and noise we hear today, voices that express, on the one hand, that we have no hope, what are we going to do? There's nothing we can do to save ourselves. No one will help us. No one is there. There is no God. On the one hand, who, who expressed that, and on the other hand, who claimed that we don't need God. We're just fine, thank you. I can take care of myself. Nothing bad is ever going to happen to me because I'm in control. It's like the Jews who said these words, right? We have never been slaves to anyone. What a crock. At that very time they said that, they were occupied by the Romans. We deny our enslavement. They deny their enslavement. So the gospel trumpets above all of those siren voices of a fallen world. Angels. Angels bring the message that God in Christ has overcome our sin and death and his death and resurrection. Think of angels. They're all over the place in the scriptures, right? 
Think of how the angel appeared to Mary and said, you will be with child. And you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. The eternal gospel. Jesus has come to save and to save us for life with him and one another that will never, ever end. And what does she do? She says, let it be to me as you have said. And then when Jesus is born, right, the angels break through. All heaven breaks out. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on whom his favor rests. Angels are everywhere. Angels flying over us and flying down to us with the word of our Lord that gives and bestows what it says. This eternal gospel is not only proclaimed by angels with wings, but by angels without them. All over the world today, those in the office of the public ministry are in their pulpits proclaiming loud and clear that Jesus Christ has overcome our sin and death and his death and resurrection. You have hope and a future. He has come to set you free from your sin and death. And like you've probably heard before, you know Tim Mack, you know John Berg, they're no angels, right? Well, it's the message. It's the message. Angel means messenger. It's the gospel that makes all the difference in the world. But not only in the pastoral ministry, you are angels without wings as well. You are. You are. Yeah. And you know it, don't you? Every time you bring the Word of God to bear on people's lives, even in, as a little preschooler, right? Every time you share the Word of God, that you forgive your little buddy in school, or when you go home and tell your mom and dad about how Jesus has taken on our flesh and blood and has won salvation for us. That's the message, the messenger. All of us, whether pastors or members of the priesthood of all believers, we are messengers of the gospel, and we have an eternal gospel to proclaim. And your being here, your being here proclaims that this gospel, this is what we need, not only for this life, but for the life to come. And by just simply being here, you confess that. I was amazed right now where people are watching on five different continents, watching this service, watching you sing, watch, watching you proclaim this eternal gospel of Jesus Christ, that God loves us no matter what, that the judgment doesn't go on us, it goes on him. And we need to pass this along. We need to continue to be messengers of this eternal gospel. It's the message that is important, not the messenger. This Revelation passage is on Reformation Day because it attributes this eternal gospel to this Martin Luther who, who confessed that Jesus Christ does it all. Scripture alone, grace alone, faith alone. There's nothing we can do to add to it. Now, Martin Luther, as you know, was a sinner. 
You can read some of the things and you say, oh my. Oh my. That's awful. Well, you can look at me, you can look at him, you can look at each other and you're like, oh my. That's awful. How can there be any hope for you? It's in not the who of the messenger. It's in the what. That's what's most important. And the what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word that actually does what it says. The only word that does. As the prophet Isaiah put it, with regard to the messengers and the message, right? All people are like grass. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall. That is, the people come and go. We come and go. You come and go, right? But the word of our God, it endures forever. And this is why We've been given an eternal gospel to proclaim to others that people may know who God is, that he's not our employer who does, only does, pays us for doing something good. He's our father who loves us even when we are unlovable. That's the eternal gospel we are given to proclaim. And gospel in the wide sense comes to us in two ways, right? Law and gospel. God shows us our sin, not for the purpose of destroying us. It needs to be dealt with. And that he's the only one who can deal with it. So he makes you aware of it, how you have, fall sh have fallen short of the glory of God. So that you'll look outside yourself. So that you'll go to the doctor, if you will. The great physician of both body and soul, Jesus Christ, to have what ails you removed to make you right with God and one another. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. So he's talking about these Jews who believed in them, and they, they're like, well, well pff, we're not enslaved to anybody. And they, he says, no, no, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin, a slave to sin. That includes you and me. As the psalmist writes, if you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? The answer is this, no one. We not only sin, we're slaves to sin. I like how Pastor Christopher Eskett puts it. He says, we're enslaved by our appetites. We're imprisoned by death, and there's nothing we can do to get away from them or out of it, in and of ourselves. So think of this, perhaps you've struggled with addiction, alcohol, video games, porn, social media, just gazing into the electronic abyss fondling your phone. Or maybe this, you have this mental construct in your mind based on maybe what, on what someone did to you, someone hurt you. You have this mental construct in, in, in your mind that tyrannizes you and, and desolates your soul. 
and you keep running it in there like a, a bad movie, and you, and you can't seem to, to shake it, right? That's being enslaved to sin. All these things, every aspect of our fallen humanity enslaves us. That's why our help comes not from within us. It doesn't come from within you. It comes from outside of you. And you never really got it this, this side of heaven. Anybody who says, well, I've got it now, I'm confirmed, and I'll, I'll, I don't need God anymore. Really, really. We have a borrowed holiness. The only holy one is the holy God. And he comes to us in Jesus Christ to make us holy. And that's why we're here to access this love and this grace and this forgiveness and this peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Jesus said, the slave does not remain in the house forever. So I just established, right? I think you agree with me. We're slaves. So we don't get to stay here forever. There's going to be an end to this. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever, he says. That's why God comes in Jesus Christ to make you a child of God by his spirit at work through his word so that you are no longer slaves but children. No longer forced to do, for, uh, to do labor for God to somehow please him. No, you're, you're a child of God. The Apostle Paul puts it this way. You are all sons of God. How? Through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. The eternal gospel is this. He gives you his sonship. He says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's what our Lord does. He sets us free. For many, the first time he sets you free was when the angel flew down, right, overhead and into the water with the message of Jesus Christ, with the word of Christ. He brought Christ to you there. In fact, on our font, it even says Jesus. And it's chiseled in the marble because that doesn't change. Our Lord says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He keeps his word. That's the eternal gospel. He is with you and for you. One of the cool things I, I love about old baptismal certificates is most of them have the angels with wings pictured, looking, in, looking on, and they're like, wow, we got another one. And who are these angels? They're there to protect us now. They work for Jesus. They're the holy, holy, holy Sabaoth. Have you ever thought about that word? If you look at the translation there, they're the hosts of heaven. God uses everything at his disposal to help you. He knows your name. Look after him. Look after her. Make sure that we're there for them. That's what he promises. And then you see with his word, right, and the bread and the wine that the, the angel swoops down out of heaven after going with the chalice and, and receiving from Jesus' side the water and the blood, the living water of his life, 
the blood of the chalice of Holy Communion. And there's some beautiful paintings of that, too, to help you visualize what's actually going on. There's more going on than meets the eye. Our Lord is putting his eternal gospel, his eternal love, into your mouth, onto your lips, into your hearts, into your lives. You have Jesus, and he's promised, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And he says you can come here and you can confess your sin. You don't have to try and hide it like the world does, right? You don't have to blame others for it like the world does, right? You don't, you don't have to um, point out that it's because someone else did this, that, or the other. None of that holds. None of it. No, you can say you have sinned. Our Lord knows in any way. And notice how with our Lord, your sin, what you've done, the horrible things you've done, doesn't change his love for you. Ha ha, he's just sad for you. So what does he do? What does he do? He swoops down to take it off you and to put it on him. That's what confession and absolution is about. It's the key that opens the door to the kingdom of heaven, to relief, to comfort, to peace. The apostle Paul reminds us in that epistle lesson, there is no distinction for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received in faith. In other words, he loved you to death, even death on a cross. There's nothing he's not going to do for you. And what's faith? Simply receiving it. Simply not saying no to it. I mean, it's so easy, and yet it's so hard, isn't it? To rely on the God who created you, who suffered and died for you, who rose for you, who ascended into heaven for you, who's speaking on your behalf before God the Father in heaven. The eternal gospel is that the hour of God's judgment was carried out once and for all when Jesus hung on the cross. The hour, it's called, right? The hour is what the angel says. We hear about that when Mary was with Jesus at a wedding, right? And she says, they have no wine. And he says, woman, why does this involve me? My hour has not yet come. And she knows that. But she also knows that he's going to fix everything. And he did. Turn, turning the water into wine, not just any wine, but the best of wines, the, the finest of wines. The hour that Jesus was talking about, he himself says about the cross. It's for this purpose, this purpose, that I have come to this hour. Then he says, <clears throat> now is the judgment of the world. The judgment of the world, the condemnation of the world is carried out on him and not us. The hour the time, the moment of God's judgment against the sin of the world had come not on you, but there at the cross on him. Do you remember how Jesus said, in the world you'll have trouble? And we sure do, don't we? But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's where he did it. And he proved it in his resurrection. He ascended into heaven and now is your advocate before God the Father. This is the eternal gospel. 
So the angel says, worship him. Would you worship him? Worship him who did this, who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water, and who loved his creation so much, every last part of it, that he died for it. Worship him. So that's what we'll do as we sing during the Holy Communion, as the angel flying overhead delivers the gifts through those called and ordained to put them in your mouths, hearts, and lives. You'll sing his praises. You'll worship him, saying, O Lord, thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Glorious now we press toward glory, and our lives, our lives, our hopes confess. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light dost send. Alleluia, alleluia, without end. And the people say, you can do better than that. Right. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.